When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Field, that one's stalled to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in another edition of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, we're brought to you by Blue Apron and SeatGeek. If you go to blueapron.com backslash Red Sox Beat, you can get your first three meals for free with free shipping, uh, as well as if you use the promo code RSB on SeatGeek, you'll be able to get $20 off your first ticket purchase, all courtesy of our friends at SeatGeek and, of course, Blue Apron. You can follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Of course, if we ask you every week, and it's always a help, is to rate, review, and subscribe us to us on iTunes. Of course, you might be listening to us on Stitcher. Anywhere you're listening to us, of course, we say thank you for that. Um, full crew this week in the middle of a pennant race, guys. It's nice to have September baseball that matters. And, you know, I was thinking earlier, I was like, you know what? I'm not looking forward to all this off-season baseball of Red Sox beat, but I was like, I'm going to savor and enjoy the heck out of it right now. Yeah, how can you not? It's like, it's so nice to have games that matter in September. The season wasn't over in May, and, you know, we're atop the ALE, so what's not to love right now? And it's amazing because we were talking about this before we came on, on air here, and it's it's weird because most times I would watch a normal football game, like week one crap football game, because it wouldn't matter. But, like, I found myself not watching, like, Monday Night Football to watch the Red Sox because it actually matters. Um, so it's kind of nice to, to see that happen. Um, Red Sox had a a good week, to say the least, um, this past week. Red Sox coming into off the weekend they are two games up in the al east um with the series against baltimore looming so we'll, we'll, we're gonna kind of touch base on how this week went and of course to do that um no other man that can do this the right way than jess thomas so i'm gonna let jess do the recap to kind of catch up on how the red sox stayed in first place well i'm thrilled to be back to to do this um yeah it was a fun week um we'll start with monday which wasn't so fun uh, it was the Padres game, a three-game series against the Padres. Don Orsillo is back. And I will admit, before I start this recap, guys, uh, two of the three games, I was about, I listened to about two-thirds of the game on the Padres feed to listen to Don again. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just like old times, it was great. Um, so in this game, uh, speaking of old people, Edwin Jackson turned back the clock for the Padres. He's been on 11 teams in 14 years. And he's not even good anymore. He came into the game with a 626 ERA. 
and promptly decided to go seven innings of four-hit shutout with 11 strikeouts against the Red Sox, totally spoiling Drew Pomerantz's solid five and two-thirds innings start. And um, the Padres won two to one. Chris Young hit a home run, um, but that's all the Red Sox could get. Adam Rosales hit a two-run homer for the Padres. That's all they needed. Edwin Jackson, where did that come from, guys? I don't, I don't even know. know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it was a good it was a good performance. Um, really disappointing to lose the game to the Padres, just because just they're not good. Um, but I will tell you guys as well, it's just it's hard to watch them play the Padres just because Don Arcel's around. Um, but this this game is kind of ridiculous because this is that was the second game in a row where the bats just weren't awake and a team like this, obviously they kind of rectified it towards the end of the, the week here, but a team like this in a pennant race for first place, you can't be losing the teams when you have an opportunity to, to play a team at like the Padres this late in the year. Yeah, it was it was tough to get one run off supposedly poor pitching after like you said, Jared, after getting shut out the day before against the A's. So enough of the bad stuff. Let's move to the good stuff on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday was the good stuff. This was a 5-1 to one Red Sox victory. Actually, we only had one more hit than the Padres. It was 10-9, to nine, but we got the runs, 5-1. to one. Um, Runs meaning runs scored, not runs like bathroom. Um, <laughs> oh, sounded kind of funny. We got the, we got the runs. Um, <laughs> this game is all about Clay Buckholtz, which I'm always thrilled to say, obviously. Uh, six and two-thirds, one run, six strikeouts. He did have eight hits given up, but no one cares about hits when you only go up one run. 87 pitches to get six and two-thirds innings. That was really impressive. Bullpen came in, shut down the last two and a third. The Red Sox, after struggling for a few innings off Paul Clemens, no relation to, to Roger, so no steroids and therefore not good. No lying, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe he is doing steroids, I don't know. But anyway, he's terrible. He gave up five runs in four innings and nine hits. Uh, a home run party. JBJ had a two-run homer. Chris Young had his second home run in two days. And um, Clay Buckle held him down for the rest of the way, a 5-1 to one victory. And let's give it up for Clay. See, I don't give stop yeah, to, give it no, to Clay. See, stop it for Clay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I don't give credit to Clay for this start because it's against a bad Padres team. Um, I will tell you though, I will admit to you guys here on the show that he has been pitching well. You can't deny that. You can't deny that. I mean, Jess, anybody with two eyes can't deny that he's been pitching well. I'm sure there's plenty of people with two eyes that have been denying that. Yeah, but they're not right. Um, okay. Fair. Look, this, this buck holes is really annoying because this is what he does. He gets your hopes up and then they'll probably sign him for him. They'll pick up his option and he'll do the same crap next year. And it's no, just... he'll win Cy Young next year. I was just one year off. <laughs> oh, Lord, you and your bold predictions. Um, this is not the Clay Buckles of Norm. The Clay Buckles of Norm is what we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I think that overall, lately, I will tell you guys he's been pitching okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take anything from you. Even slightly positive is, is decent. So, I'm super impressed. He fished great. He dropped Ziari under five in the start. Went to six and ten. He's resurrecting his his bad season with a, with a, a good finish. Um, yes, I know it was against the Padres. I don't care. A win's a win, and they won. Therefore, I'm happy. So that was game two. Game three against the Padres was even better in the run department. This was a seven to two final. 
with uh, David Price on the mound. He gave up two runs and had eight strikeouts in seven innings. Dominant again for him. Um, and the Padres had a little issue with their starter, Jared Cozart. No relation to Jared Scally. His first name, <laughs> his first name is a relation now, apparently. <laughs> and his first name is spelled differently. That's all besides the point. Um, <laughs> he got hurt in this game after three and a third innings. He came out, put a little strain in their bullpen. Uh, some guy named Kevin Quackenbush came in a couple innings later with a giant Matt Cook beard, which was awesome. Um, Lauren, I hope you saw that beard. I did, I did. I thought of Matt Cook, too, when I saw that beard. <laughs> I texted Matt Cook of that beard and said, when did you start pitching for the Padres? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Matt Cook is a man that me and Lauren went to college with, and he's got a gigantic beard, just like Kevin Quackenbush. So it was a fun beard. <laughs> Glorious beard. <laughs> oh, man. Just fill you in there, Jared. I appreciate it. I'm glad I I'm glad I'm in the loop. Sorry, I have I'm having a little more fun tonight than I usually do. Um must be because it's eleven ten on a Monday night. Uh, <laughs> anyway, back to the game. Um yep, Price dominated. Travis Shaw decided he was angry that Yoan Moncada was getting the starts over him, so Shaw decided to hit a two run homer and a two uh in a in a uh, RBI single to finish with two for three, three RBI and two runs. Uh, which was great. Hanley Ramirez had a home run in this game. Brock Holt had a home run. So David Price pitched well, three home runs. Shaw said, screw you, you Moncada. Life was good. Was this part of Price's, like, games in a row with a win streak? Well, yeah, I mean, he won. No, I know, but wasn't there – he was on, like, a streak that was, like, games in a row getting a win, like, like with a decision. So I forget Oh, yeah, it was, this, uh, it was a six straight win. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I thought this was part of it. I didn't think he lost. So, um, look, David Price has been pitching a lot better, um, and I think because of how Rick Porcello has been pitching, he's just been kind of been sneaky under the radar, pitching a lot better, and maybe that's good for him. Who knows? Yeah, um, that was huge. Good point. But I think that spotlight being off him a little bit because of pretty Ricky going for the Cy Young, you know, it, it's kind of helping him get through here to get the struggles, and now I think he's comfortable in here, and I think he's figured it out. Which is nice to see, especially last year we were so all over him, and now he's finally figured it out. So, what's funny too with him is like it, it, you wouldn't think that that an ace coming to Boston, who's had a lot of success in the division before, would need the spotlight to get off of him by another pitcher who was terrible last year to be in the spotlight. It's just funny how but that you, came about. You notice he so, doesn't it, like the, but true. you know he doesn't like the spotlight though. He hates the playoffs. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> I'm, like, terrified to see what happens in a month if we're actually in the playoffs. Which is why we should start Porcello over him, because <laughs> he's got the confidence. Keep keep pricing the spotlight of the, uh, of the two spot. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, too. That sounds good to me. Yes. So we'll move on. Speaking of the spotlight, so that was two out of three from the Padres, which was... Good, a good recovery from losing game one. Easily could have swept him, obviously, losing by one run in the first game. Um, so that brought us into a weekend series with those Toronto Blue Jays. Marquee matchup showdown. Two teams vying for first place. And can I tell you, too, how, and, how vital that Wednesday win was? Because coming into Friday now, you are guaranteed no worse than tied for first place going into the weekend with the Blue Jays because you were able to pull that win off on Wednesday. You were going in with the game up lead. You're, you're, no way you're leaving the, sun, the series against the Jays worse than tied for first. 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> sure enough, they weren't interested in going anything close to uh, being tied. No. Because the final on Friday was 13-3 to Red Sox. They grew the lead to two with this win. And, wow, this game was a mixture of everything. Great offense, good pitching, terrible defense by the Blue Jays. Oh, they looked awful. This was this was the epitome of a one team going up, one team going down game because the Blue Jays had lost several in a row. The Red Sox were playing well. And being on the road and getting all these runs, let's get into it a little bit here. Um, it was just uh, pounded on them from the get-go. Um, all the first four innings, the Red Sox scored. Betts got an RBI double in the first to make it one nothing. Pedroia got an RBI single in the second to make it two nothing. Shaw got a sack fly at San Diego and got an RBI single in the third, and then it was four to nothing. Uh, the Jays got back to four to two in the third, but Pedroia had a sack fly to make it five two in the fourth. Bogarts had a home run in the seventh, and Hanley Ramirez followed that up with a three run Johnson to quote Dennis Eckersley right afterwards. <laughs> that was so great. And that Johnson made it nine to two. All of a sudden, broke the game wide open. The Sox would still score four more runs after this. Bunch of run support for Rick Porcello. So what did he do? He did his thing with seven innings, two runs, seven Ks, twentieth win, twenty and three with a three twenty one ERA. Estrada pitched two and a third garbage innings, and uh, this was a pretty huge statement to start the series. Yeah, it really was. Um, Porcello getting the twentieth win was just kind of the icing on the cake of them putting up thirteen runs against a team that is known as an offensive juggernaut in terms of the Blue Jays and what they bring. Obviously, Donaldson's in a slump right now, um, so he didn't provide as much spark as you thought he usually does. But a team like that, to to beat them by 10 runs is insane. Can we just take a moment and reflect on the fact that we're talking about Rick Porcello being 20-3 and three and having the most wins in the majors? And he still hasn't lost at home. Like, are you kidding me? Nope. Still has not lost at home. And after he got this win... Hap changed it on Saturday, but at this, at this point on Friday, Porcello had 20 wins. No one else in the major leagues, not even the American League, the major leagues had more than 17 wins. He's blowing them away. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And and a year ago, we never would have thought this was going to happen. Most people wouldn't have thought this was going to happen. Just might have said it was going to happen, but most people would Well, I predicted that. his ERA to be 360, but I didn't expect him to have 20 wins. <laughs> you no, me? It, I mean, it does help when you get like all the run support. But I'm not taking anything away from the 20 wins, but, but I'm pretty sure he's... His ERA is 321. That's a really good ERA. Oh, I know. But it's just, you'd think, when you think 20 win, you'd think, like, under three. Oh, uh, sure. For me, anyway. But, I mean, he's gotten a lot of run support this year, and he's pitched well when he's gotten it. He, he, I mean, most of the starts that he's gotten the run support, he hasn't really needed the run support, um, which is good. It kind of shows he's actually pitching well, but there have been some games where they've won high-scoring games with him in the round. So, here and there, Wait. wins add up. But either way, he still deserves the 20 wins by far. Yeah, no, it's great. And his ERA was a little higher earlier in the season, but it's been dropping consistently throughout the last couple of months, now down to 321, like I said. But the key with him is not even necessarily the run support he gets or what he gives up, but he gives you innings. Because this was his ninth straight start of seven or more innings. Not six innings, not five innings. Seven innings or more, nine straight starts. And... 34 out of his last 37 starts of six plus innings. That's that's some stuff right there. Yeah, it it the numbers back up what he's done. Um, he's had streaks, he's had ups and downs, but um, 20 games is nothing to shy on. He, he has a chance to get two more wins at least. I don't even, I don't even know for sure, but um, he's got he has 
four more starts. He's four more starts, right? That sounds about 24 right. wins. So max 24 wins, which could very well happen, which I would love to see considering the Red Sox are still playing for something and they're not like they're not like set to first place. So um, it would be nice to see, especially because they're going to be big games down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. And when you have somebody who's just been consistent as he has, it makes it all the better going into games like this. And he didn't just get 20 wins this year. He got it the third quickest in terms of date since 2008. Only two guys since 2008 have gotten to 20 wins faster than he did because he got it on, what, September 7th or 8th? That's incredible. And Pedro Martinez had 23 wins in his incredible season in 1999. And Porcello could beat 99. that too. 99 was such a great season. Oh. If Porcello can get more wins than that. I know he doesn't have the strikeouts of the ERA that Pedro had, say, but he's get more wins. You can't compare that season to, to this one. No, you can't. Oof. But oh, the you're wins are chills just thinking about Pedro's 99 season. <laughs> yeah, and we're talking about a guy who can get more wins than that. That should give you chills, too. You can't be <laughs> bothered over here. As long as you don't bring up such and such name who has greasy hair, we're good. All right. No greasy hair. We'll move on to Saturday. And uh, another loss, but only the second one in the week. And, more importantly, only a one-run loss again. Which is a problem for the season because there's been way too many one-run losses this season. But, considering all the wins were nice wins and the losses were close losses, that's also a good sign because you could easily have won all those games. This is a 3-2 game. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez pitched six innings, three runs, two earned. He was serviceable, gave him a chance to win. But, J.A. Happ was on the other side for Toronto, and he pitched six innings of two runs, gave uh Give it four hits, five Ks. Got his 18th win. He's now 18-4. and four. He's probably Porcello's biggest opponent for Cy Young. But you had to give it to Porcello at the moment. Um, Melvin Upton Jr., formerly known as BJ, got a two-run homer in the second inning of this game. Um, Jose Batista got an RBI single to make it 3 nothing. Sox tried to mount a comeback against Hap. Pedroia had a home run in the sixth to make it 3-1. Bradley Jr. had a sack fly in the seventh to make it 3-2. That's all the Sox could get. They couldn't scrap out that third tying run only 10 hits total in this game six for jays four for socks but a one run loss tough but you figured it, the jays could take one game right they're at home yeah i also but i also this game is, kind of, is a trend um and i think we talk about it a lot but this team just isn't clutch you know like they can blow people out and i'm and this isn't like an original take by any means you hear it everywhere it's just they can't they can't win these close games when they need to come back. Like, you know, they were right there and they had a chance in this game. They had an opportunity runners at first and third. They had an opportunity here and they just couldn't produce. Um, I don't think any, I don't think this team really has a clutch bone in their body except for David Ortiz, considering what happened Sunday. Um, they can hit the crap out of the ball, but when, it, when the pressure adds a little bit and they need, they need it at that moment, for some reason they're not always there and that that scares me come playoffs because I, I don't think this team's going to miss the playoffs by any means they're too far up in the wild card i just there's no way i don't think at this point they're going to miss the playoffs it's just i'm afraid to have that kind of situation happen in the playoffs and them get screwed because of that factor in their their team yeah you're right they are, they have not been clutched this season they've won very few close games a lot of blowouts like you said that's true i guess all we can hope for is just some clutch hits at the end of the season to uh, either win the division or get a wild card spot, and Here's then hoping. continue that that clutchness into the uh, to the playoffs. Here's to hoping David Ortiz is up at every at point at bat where you need a clutch hit. Well, let's enjoy it now while he's there. Scary <laughs> to think that he has what one more homestand left. Uh, two after more. this one, 
after this one. Yeah, yeah. I know they just no, started this one, it. but like, his one more regular season home stand after this one. And it's only three it. games, and it's, just three, <laughs> and it's just the series against the Blue Jays, which he will be honored all three games throughout the yep. weekend. Yep, which is good. Which I mean, he deserves, obviously. And it's the Red Sox. They, of course, they're going to do something. Yeah, it's David Ortiz. They're going to do something big, like, over the top. It's going to be a ceremony that Jared Scally hates. But... <laughs> Put that back on me. Come on now. I'm so hey. here for that. <laughs> but it's gonna, I think it's going to be awesome. I, I love that they're doing it for the three games. See, it's one thing for the Red Sox to do it. It's one thing for the entire league to do it. You know? Like, it's it's as the Red Sox, you're cool. He's your guy. He's been your guy forever. But it's another thing for the entire league to give him a gift that he's never going to use. He's going to collect dust somewhere. It's, he's it's, totally going to wear that cowboy hat. He looks adorable. <laughs> isn't it? I'm pretty sure he even said that he, he doesn't really enjoy the gifts. I'm pretty sure he said that a lot, like during the summer. He doesn't like all the raw, raw stuff. Yeah, Which is stupid because he, he announced his retirement. He should have just waited if he really hated right. it that much. He said he didn't do it for that stuff, but of course that's going to happen. I mean, but Jared, honestly, are you going to enjoy are you going to enjoy the uh, the ceremony, the three? I always enjoy the montages that they put together for him because I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good montage of his his career. Love those. Okay. Right. Is that fair? Can I, can, is that okay? That's okay. But you better enjoy it all. That's all I have to say. <laughs> God, you know my inner child's going to enjoy it. Okay, good. Got to have that. Got to have that inner child. <laughs> all right. So that moves us into uh, Sunday, and this this is a game that. Most are calling the biggest win of the season. I know most people call the last game that's big the biggest game of the season usually. But in terms of playoff implications and how this game happened, I could agree with it. Um, eleven to eight final, yeah, eleven to eight final in this game. Um, a lot of crazy stats. Uh, we'll just kind of go through it here. Start at the beginning because so much happened. The starters were Clay Buckholtz and Aaron Sanchez. Uh, not a lot to say about either of them because they both gave up six runs before even getting out of the fourth inning. Um, this is a bullpen game. <laughs> this is really a bullpen game because there are a ton of pitchers pitching in this game. Yeah, um, bad. Betts got an RBI double in the first. And Carnacion hit a home run. So it was one-to-one after one. Then Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a three-run homer in the second to make it 4-1. And then Russell Martin walked with the bases loaded 4-2. And then Troy Tulowitzki tagged Buckles with a grand slam to make it 6-4. But the Sox weren't done just a half inning later. Xander Bogarts with two RBI single up the middle made it six to six, and Carnacion said no, 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 eight to six, two run homer, second one of the game. But the Sox weren't done. Fifth inning, Hanley Ramirez solo home run, eight to seven. David Ortiz three run homer off who? Joaquin Benoit. We know what <laughs> happened to him. I know what happened to him. I was there, going nuts. 2013 ALCS game two, Grand Slam. This wasn't a grand slam, it was a three-run homer. Either way, huge homer off Benoit. Gave the Sox a 10-8 lead. Sandy Leone, uh, RBI double in the seventh to pad that 10-8 lead. Made it 11-8. The bullpen held him down. After Heath Hembree came in for the fourth inning, the bullpen gave up no runs the whole rest of the game. What's this? Dude, first of all, great job by the bullpen. Second of all, at least for the rest of the game anyway. Second of all, you think Benoit would learn his lesson? Like... <laughs> After the what happened to him here, like throw a fat see, pitch right down the middle. You see David Ortiz. It's a close game. You're winning. Kind of important game. Don't throw the ball down the middle. Just give him something he can't hit. Like are you? Like I can't imagine Second giving pitch it. Pitch too. 
It's not I like can't you imagine waited or having it once, like have it once happen to you, especially as big of a moment as it did here in the ALCS. But to do it again, like oh, David Ortiz has just got major something between his legs. <laughs> like holy crap, I love that guy. We best all do. Season, best season in history. Is last he really reti- Lauren, is he really retiring? Stop it. No, he's never retiring. He's going to be 58 <laughs> when he retires. Just like Tom Brady's going to be 50 when he retires. If he actually do it, though, because he's still in such good shape. Or That's true. Feet are not, he, his feet not are not like shape. falling off. His All feet right. are tired. <laughs> but those four days off in San Diego were nice for him. That was oh, good. Yeah. Oh, such a rude. He, he probably gave two craps that he sat in San Diego. Like He was like, yes, this is great. Get feet, foot you massage, could tell sit it, back and relax. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So this game was awesome. Um, really long game, almost a four-hour game, but a huge win, 11-8. to eight. Gave the Sox their 80th win, and I should point out that the, the game on Friday gave the Sox their 79th win, which passed last season's total with still you know 20 games left, which is a huge difference. Another possible worst to first year, which would be awesome. We've seen that before. That was just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so this gave the Sox back a two- game lead so they grew the lead by a game in the series on the road and finished the road trip six and three and furthering the stats 25 and 18 in their last 43 games 31 of which were road games they went into this stretch of 31 road games and 12 home games in third place and they came out of it in first that says a lot oh it definitely does by far it, it, for sure and it's just the way it worked out and it's nice to see that this team saw a big spot. They saw an opportunity. Um, obviously, you didn't sweep the Padres, but you still won that series. And you come to a Blue Jay series where a lot of people um, sit there and say, you know what, you don't have the best chance to win. I don't think um, we had much hope for them as well. I know Lauren and I both had them losing two out of three. Um, I'm pretty sure Nick did too last week. Um, Oops. It was it was a tough series for going into it, and the Red Sox overcame it, and that's a huge step in the right direction for a team that's looking to obviously win the division, but then potentially make a surprise run in the play, in the postseason. I'd be okay with it. Of course, you predict them to win the World Series. Like, of course, you're, yeah. looking, pretty, you're looking pretty good right now. <laughs> I know you guys look silly. Well, not yeah. really. You're Cub- oh, I think you're gonna go to the ALCS, my friend. <laughs> Cubbies are winning the World Series, my friend. Cubbies are winning the whole thing. They're going to win, like, 115 games, but they're not going to win the World Series. Isn't that insane that they're going to, like, crack 110? Uh, 2001 Seattle Mariners all over again. No, don't talk about that oh, team. God. 116 wins. Couldn't even get past the Yankees. So, to wrap up this week, just want to point out also that Ortiz's home run didn't just make it a uh, 10-8 lead and off Benoit. He also passed Jimmy Fox on the all-time home run list with his 535th home run, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, I'll quickly recap the game that happened tonight on Monday, but first, before that happened, I wanted to give an MVP of the Monday through Sunday week, which I decided to give to Hanley Ramirez, who was 9 for 25 with three home runs, six RBI, and five runs. He's been hitting the crap out of the ball, and I did that before today's game even happened, where he had another home run. <laughs> So he's been he on fire. Yeah, he's been good. he's been on a tear, which is nice to see, especially if he's going to be around. He's not going. Anywhere. I want to wait to talk about him too, because I want we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But oh, for sure, he's um, been on fire. But he's been great. Um, 
I think if David Price's second start was within this week, I would have considered him too. Um, but yeah. because of the you way you consider he pitched, a lot of people, there was a lot of good performances. This yeah, week. no, I agree with Hanley though. I think he was the best option. He just he's his bat has been on a tear, and you could always say Pedroia because Pedroia just never stopped playing well. So yeah, he had the same amount of hits, but he's just a hit machine, obviously, which we're also going to talk about. So that was that was that week, and uh, before Jared gives you his uh, his brought to you by, uh, we'll just do the, the <laughs> quick. Uh, <laughs> the quick tonight. <laughs> okay, that brought, brought to you by... Brought to you by Just Thomas. Yeah. But first, <laughs> Orioles series. Starting a three-game series at home. Good pitching lined up. Price, Pomerantz, Porcello. The three Ps and the dominant Ps. The offense's got the Bs. The pitching's got the Ps. And uh, <laughs> this game was not about the pitching. This game is about the offense. Because Wade Miley, old friend Wade Miley, who pitched oh so consistently for the Red Sox last year, has been garbage this year, and they decided to pitch him in a big game where they could fall three games behind, which they did. And Wade Miley pitched an inning and a third, giving up eight hits and six runs. Uh, thank you, Wade. We appreciate it. Um, terrible start. He gave up five straight hits to start the game. Pedroia, Bogarts, Ortiz, Betts, Ramirez all got hits to start the game, and before they even got an out, it was four to nothing. Betts had a two RBI double. Hanley had an RBI single, and then Betts scored on the throw. That was 4 nothing. Later in the inning, Sandy had a sack fly to make it 5 nothing. So before Way Miley could even figure out what had just happened against his old team, it was already 5 nothing. It just got worse. Chris Davis had a home run in the second off Price, but then Hanley got an RBI on a walked-in run, and then Bradley Jr. had a sack fly, and it was 7-1 to after three innings. Machado had a home run in the fourth, and then it was home run party. Fourth inning, Hanley homer, 8-2. Fifth inning, Young homer, 9-2. Sixth inning, Ortiz, another homer, 10-2. And then the side scored two more in the seventh to make it 12-2. Price pitched eight innings, two hits, two runs, nine strikeouts. Dominant, got a huge lead, and did exactly what Porcello did when he got a huge lead. Kept it, pitched really well. Uh, The side scored in in every inning in this game except the eighth inning. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny that you say that they scored in every inning except one because I didn't even realize they were scoring in every inning until you said something about it just during the game. You're like, wow, we've scored in every inning so far. And I was like, oh, wow, we really have. Like, I was watching the game at work, but for half of it, it was in Spanish, so I didn't really know what was going on anyway. But <laughs> Did, you, not, did <laughs> you forget to hit the SAP button? Like, It was nothing. Wait, it's no chase, amigos. Wait, it's chatting, amigos. It was the only channel in Spanish, and I had no idea what I did, what happened. But, I mean, it's a lot of fun watching it in Spanish. You guys should try it for, like, a few innings. It's fun. See, because but we didn't have Don Arcello to remind you about SAP. Then. <laughs> yeah, that must have been. Must, Enjoy the no game. Idea. Buenas noches, amigos. Oh, Jesus, you too. My personal favorite is Buenas tardes, amigos. <laughs> Why? Why is that your favorite? Because Jerry says Tadis. Buenos Tadis. Buenos Tadis. Don't get used to Joey. Be, don't get used to uh, him. Be, Jerry being in the booth either, because he's gone after this year. I can guarantee that. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of seems like it's phasing that way, doesn't it? Yep. It's okay as long as Zachary's, as long as it's Eckersley. Yeah, <laughs> Not better. Lions. Oh, oh X so much better than Lions. Yeah, it's not even Lions close. Can sit in the sit in the uh, studio. Thanks. It's fine in the studio, yeah. Get Eck in the booth. Get Jerry out of there. But it's so funny. <laughs> All the things that Jerry's done a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to miss Buenos Tadis Amigos the most. <laughs> pretty sad that that's what you choose out of everything. <laughs> it's so great. I love uh, it. But yeah, 
uh, five runs in the first, one in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth. It was crazy. Just like one run every inning. Just kept piling on. Good you stuff. don't see it often, um, but it was nice. And I'm just hoping they can keep the run production alive coming the rest of the series against Baltimore and uh, moving along is obviously they're staying in the division, so every game kind of matters. <laughs> yep, three huge offensive games out of four in the last four games. Great sign. All right, well, I get that. there's Jess's recap. A little extra for you on the end as well. A little extra fat there on the end. Um, of course, yep. a little Spanish fat there on the end. Um, and, of course, uh, that is brought to you by SeedGeek. And don't forget, of course, use that promo code RSB to get that uh, $20 rebate off that first ticket purchase when you make that. So don't forget to use SeatGeek. Phenomenal app. We all use it. At least I do. So um, a lot to talk about news-wise here, guys. Um, let's just start with the dirt dog himself because Dustin Pedroia just seems to never stop hitting the baseball. And I think this all really just stems to the fact that you're seeing what it's like when Dustin Pedroia is finally 100% healthy. He's not worrying about his hand, and now he's back to being himself, producing one in a spot he probably hates hitting because you know he doesn't like hitting leadoff, but he's producing in a spot for a team that's pr- competing for a division and a playoff berth, and it's it's nice to see him back at full strength finally. Oh, it really is, and it's been so fun to watch, and you know, every year we've had the question whether or not he could stay healthy, and this is what we get when he's 100% healthy, and it's it's phenomenal. You know, he's 33, he's still playing like he's 24, and it's he's just so fun to watch game after game. He's just, they call him the laser show for a reason, and <laughs> he sure has been putting on a lot of that lately. Right. He is so good. It's unreal. My God, the numbers he's putting up for a 33-year-old that plays as hard as he does for year after year after year. I guess the injuries help a little bit because he got a little time off each year with some injuries. But holy crap, he's good. You look at his numbers. Two for four, two for five, one for four, three for four, two for four, two for five, over oh for four, two for four, two for four, two for five, three for five. It's insane. Like he is. L- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then you get to the. I didn't even get to the four for five and four for four and three for four that happened last month. God, this guy is a machine. He's raised his average from. 3.05 on August 22nd to the current 3.30 that he's at. He's getting stronger as the season going on. He's completely locked in line drive after line drive. You know, he's not hitting hardly any home runs. He's not hitting that many doubles. He's just single machine, get on base, score a ton of runs, get RBI. Oh, my God. It's it's literally insane how well he's... He's probably playing better than he did in 2008. His numbers aren't quite to that point. He doesn't have quite as many doubles. You know, he doesn't have quite as many RBI. But, like, considering his age and considering how hard he's played for his career, this is not even probably – this is more impressive than that. It was also nice to see him pop a homer the other night because I love watching PD kick. Because it's like Mookie. You don't think they have power. But then they swing, and it's – Mookie's a little more effortless than Pedroia when he hits a home run. Like, Pedroia still looks like he has to muscle it out a little bit compared to Mookie Mm -hmm. because Mookie swings – I wouldn't say as flawless as Ken Griffey Jr., but it's pretty flawless um, in terms of the smoothness of it. And Pedroia, it's nice to see him hit a home run, but like you said, Jess, it's just the numbers are there, and it's improving on everything. And it's like this guy, it's nice to see Moncada's learning how to play third despite him not doing well right now, and we'll get to that, um, because it doesn't seem like Pedroia is going anywhere anytime soon. No, clearly not. 
So, so obviously we'll keep an eye on that. And obviously he's going to be huge. Um, one, going for a batting title. Because um, that's possible. Which is insane. <laughs> How is that even possible? Altuve was hitting like 370 and Pedro was hitting like 290. It was, he was like 80 points ahead of him. And now he's 10 points behind. I think he's going to get it. With how on fire he is, and Altuve's dropped off like 30 points, I think Pedro could easily get it. Yeah, I, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he hits the batting title because the way the Red Sox are playing, he's going to keep riding the momentum, and plus he gets more bats because he's hitting leadoff, so he'll have more chances to kind of pad the numbers if he keeps hitting well. Um, so it's it'll, awesome. It'll oh, that'd be, be great. Ni- to get it'll be nice to see, that. so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Um, one other guy we can talk about in terms of success before we get to some other stuff around this team is Hanley Ramirez. Um, we're all on record saying who knew what was going to happen coming into this year. We all didn't know, worried because of what happened the year before in left field and the experiment of just trying to find a spot for Hanley Ramirez, didn't show up with the first baseman, all those, all those things that happened in Fort Myers in spring training. And now he has 97 RBI. We'll definitely crack 100. And he only has what? I think just one RBI, 100 RBI season ever in his career. Um He's having fun on this team. You see it even the other day in the Blue Jays series. He was getting amped on the team, turned a double play, um, getting jacked up, like excited. And it's just like he feels like he's part of a team. I think he never really wanted to leave Boston in the first place, so he felt like kind of abandoned. I don't, I don't want to say the Red Sox is the reason why he spiraled out of control in all the teams he went to, but I think he finally feels at peace and like where he feels like he should be where he is, and that's why I think he's having such success. He's in a position he's comfortable with playing on the field, and he finally feels like he's in a city he belongs in. Yeah, definitely moving him to first was an incredibly good idea, as it turns out, because he wanted to do it. He was pumped to do it. And yeah, 106 RBI in 2009. He's only other had, had only one other season of even 90-plus. He's currently at his second most ever because he's more been an average guy than a, than a, a RBI guy. And now he's hitting home runs, getting the RBI, and his average is 285. And he's he's really cranking. He's still playing good first base. He's happy. He's enjoying it. And he's a huge help to the team because he's been playing better than ever in this last stretch here in the the last couple weeks, two or three weeks. Really more than that, but especially in the last couple weeks. And I know a lot of people don't like to admit they were wrong. They don't like to. They don't like to say oh i screwed that one up they want to <laughs> think that they're always right but i am i am happy i am opening my heart to hanley ramirez and saying i completely got this wrong this is incredible i never expected him to get a 100 rbi season 24 home runs i never would have guessed that i'm super happy to say that i was completely 100 percent wrong oh what yeah it's all were we were horribly wrong. I mean, we sat here show after show just absolutely tearing him apart, saying, like, he's not going to be able to play first because he can't even decide which foot to put on the bag. He forgot his glove to, to spring training. We're like, oh, this guy's going to be a disaster. Like, it's going to be worse than him playing left field. And I'm really glad that I'm wrong, just like Jess. Like, I'm, I'll am i sit here and I'm like, wow, like, I screwed up that prediction horribly wrong. And I'm glad that I'm wrong. I'm glad he's proving a lot of people wrong because he kn- he knew he had a lot to prove and he certainly is doing it. I mean, I never thought he'd be ha- getting anywhere near 100 RBI. And I mean, if he wants to keep playing like this for the next four or five years, he can s- sit back and do it. Well, that's the big thing about predictions. Like we all make predictions and we all sit here and go, Lord, help me. I hope I'm wrong. But like we actually were, you know, so because a lot of us will say like, oh, well, I hope I'm wrong about Clay Buckholz. But but some of us, most times we're not. Well, I'm not. You guys are usually wrong about Clay Buckles. 
But <laughs> the sense of we make these predictions in terms of, say, like, especially for me, you make a lot of negative predictions sometimes just because you think you kind of go with the trends. Like, Jess this week's actually predicting the lowest week for out of everyone, you know? Well, and we'll get to that later. But there's a reason for that. And we hope we're wrong. Like, Jess will say, I'm hoping he's hopes he's wrong. But it's nice to see every once in a while that we actually are wrong because it's a guy like Hanley who we don't want anything but the best for. But he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time in left field. We were so brutal on him, too. Like, that's why I feel even worse. Like, on some predictions, I'm just like, oh, maybe he'll do well. And, oh, cool. He did better than I thought. But this, like, we were so brutal on him. We were telling, we were saying, put him on the side of the road in a a box, a fragile box, saying, just take him away. Anybody take him. Just do anything. Please just take this guy away. That's what I say about the buckles, too. So. Right. And it's just like, for him to do what he did after everyone just completely, like, taking a crap on his entire life just makes it even more impressive. And he's been, he's been so important to this team in that five spot protecting Ortiz and bats. Like it's, it's been great. Yeah, it has. And I think that you're going to see him be successful even more, um, come down the stretch here. I think he's going to be a huge part. And the reason why the Red Sox keep putting up runs because people are starting to pitch around Mookie bets, guys. <laughs> um, they, they don't, no one wants to pitch to Mookie. So Hanley's behind him, and, and that's why you're starting to see Hanley reap the benefits. Yeah, and it's it's funny, like, just the people that are the players that you didn't expect to be just absolute, like, monsters for this team are doing exactly that. And it's nice to really just have a solid team, a solid offense that it's kind of like a scary offense. Like, we talked about how the Blue Jays have that kind of offense, and now it's like the Red Sox have it, and it's awesome. Yeah, redemption so- stories are fun. Porcello not being terrible last year, Hanley being terrible last year, and both of them just totally turned it around. It's great. Before we move on to pitching, because there is a couple pitching things we should touch on, but one more thing in terms of the offense, the whole third base situation with, obviously, Moncada was going to be up here either way, because I think just because of the call-ups and the expanded rosters, but Moncada was playing consecutive games for, like, a week. Um, And Travis Shaw had lost his job to a kid who no one ever saw play, really. So, I was taken back a little bit by that. I was happy but to see him get a shot, but kid can't hit a curveball. Um, the kid's not ready to play in the major leagues, guys. He, as much as I want to say he is, and Benatendi is, so I want him to be too, because Benatendi's coming back supposedly for the last 15 to 18 games, according to John Farrell. Um, so I think that Benatendi's ready, and I think Moncada wants to be ready, but missing not knowing how many outs there are when there was two outs that he st- when he pinched ran um, and, and just kind of stopped and watched the fly ball, even though there's two outs, um, little things like that. And just not being able to hit the curveball looks befoozled at the plate. Like he's not ready. And I'm glad that Shaw won his job back because it, it's going to help. Yeah. And I think with Mankata being called up, I mean, the Red Sox knew he could, or he would strike out a lot. He had a lot of strikeouts in the minors and, he swings at a lot of pitches. He lo- he looks at a lot of pitches, and I'm sure that comes with his age. I know he's only 21, and he's got to adjust to you know really finding a strike zone, finding what he can hit, what he can't hit, what he should be swinging at. And it's nice to see Shaw hitting again and being back at third. But Jared, we kind of talked about it last week that I don't we don't want him to be hitting this way if. If that's the only reason he feels threatened, I don't. I don't want him to hit that way only because he feels threatened. I want him to hit that way at all times. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, so I, ho- I hope he. He kind of. I hope that lit a fire under his ass 
um, to really help him move in the right direction and keep hitting well. Obviously, he really doesn't see a threat in the Moncada, but I just think that he needs to realize that Aaron Hill still it seems to be playing a few more games a week here. So, come on, Shaw, let's let's uh, get it going a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't like the whole Moncada thing. I thought he was playing too much. You know, he's so young and so raw, and going from you know double A to the majors, it just seemed too quick. And yeah, it looked totally lost. He's now at this current point struck out nine straight at bats. He has no idea what he's doing. Why are you putting this guy in a pennant race and just like assuming he's going to play third base? I felt bad for Shaw. You know, he's like, well, I guess I'm not playing third anymore. Like this blows. Like yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, at that at that point, at 14 homers and 60 RBI. Like yeah, I know his average was dropping. I know he was getting out a lot, but like he's been your solid third baseman all year, and he's he's been pretty been pretty good for the most part and he's got some good power and you know he hit another home run when he got the job back and like you can't just you can't just lose a job to someone like that that easily it just doesn't work that way and so I don't know in a way obviously I want Moncada to be good in the future because he supposedly is the future but clearly right now he's not and Shaw's playing a lot better so I don't want to see Moncada anywhere near the field yeah Jess I, I agree in the sense of I'd liked to see it. Obviously, he was going to get called up, like I said. September call-ups, expansion of the roster. There's no way he was going to get sent home. But I think playing him that one game's fine here and there, but like playing him as much as he did, especially with the guy in Shaw who's been playing for you all season, I just don't think it was a smart decision um, to really kind of expect much from him to put him in that situation. And I'm glad they decided to go back to Shaw, and they weren't like, well, we committed to Moncada, so we got to play him now. Farrell was just know. like, nope. <laughs> He's terrible. Shaw is still better. Playing Shaw. <laughs> Put him on the bench. Get out. <laughs> Go home. Um, Strike out but, somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, really, honestly, really. Um, so, obviously, Shaw's playing. That's good. Um, one thing that we should I want to touch on here in terms of the pitching is actually Koji. Because coming off the DL, I think the high-level situation he was in in the eighth um, the other day, was probably earlier than John Farrell wanted to get him into a high leverage situation coming off, but he's been pitching well, and I think he had no other choice. And he looked good for the most part. Um, is Koji kind of good to be the setup man here, guys, or should it still be Ziegler? I think it should be, personally, Ziegler, Koji, Kimbrell, but that's, and then keep Dezao at home all the time. Like, don't let him in the ballpark, ever. Like, chain him to his couch and say, oh, do not get fallen. up. But, um... Though that I think I want it in that order, if that's me. Yeah, that's not a bad order. I don't I don't disagree with it. I mean, it's really some it's hard to gauge some games. You know, Koji coming off the DL, he's looked looked pretty good so far. And but then there's the whole you know Ziegler, Koji, Tazawa. Like it's really hard to trust any of them on the mound. Even Kimbrel, it's hard to trust on the mound. It gets scary out there when it's three two, four two, even five two, especially when he walks that leadoff man. So. I mean, I guess like any way you put it, it's there. It's gonna be scary, but it's, I don't really know if there's if if I have to choose between like the setup man going and, and the seven eight nine man. I I don't know like Koji and Ziegler. I think it could go either way. Well, you should definitely preface this by saying the bullpen has been pitching better recently, the last couple of weeks, which is obviously yes, huge for have. the team. Yep. So we should definitely mention that which makes you feel better about the guys you do have because they're actually pitching well now. Uh, yeah, I agree. I want Koji in the eighth inning. He was so good in 2013. Um, he's had a lot of rest the last couple of years with injuries, and he pitched well right before he got hurt, right after the All-Star break. You know, I was like, oh, look how good he is. Oh, now he's hurt. Okay. And then he got, you know, then he came back a little earlier than I think people might have expected him to. 
So now he's sitting here, you know, a couple good outings in a row coming back from the DL. And if he can keep that up and just not, you know, not be hurt, I think he's still effective with the splitter. Um, he's looked good. So he knows how to pitch late in games. He knows how to pitch in Boston. So, I mean, I like Ziegler a lot. And I think he's a really good seven-inning guy. I think you could definitely put him in the eighth if Koji's struggling. But I think Koji should still get the chance if he's able to pitch because he's been good for so long and he appears to still be good. Yeah, and I don't even have to look back to um, 2013 to give me a reason to put Koji in the eighth. It's because overall, I think Koji has pitched in more high-leverage situations. Uh, like you said, Jess, he hasn't pitched in it, like a lot, so he's more rested. And I just think that consistency-wise, Ziegler hasn't been there either. So it's not like Ziegler is outshining Koji and he's just getting his reps, you know. Um, Koji was pitching well. He got hurt. And it was the plan to have Koji be the eighth-inning guy. Um, once Carson Smith was down early in the year, Koji was the eighth-inning guy until he got hurt. He was the eighth-inning guy. So I can't imagine, especially with John Farrell, who always says you don't lose your job to injury, why that would just change. Yeah, I think it's smart to keep him there until he proves that he shouldn't be there because maybe he'll his splitter will stop working and he'll stop pitching well. Then maybe you should make a change. But for now, I, I think he deserves it. Yeah, it makes no sense moving around at all. Um, one other thing that I wanted to touch on before we move on to like talking about the league a little bit and doing predictions and getting out of here for the week, um, off of a plethora of things we could talk about for the Red Sox, I can't not talk about Rick Porcello because the way he's been pitching, um, guys, he, for me anyway, he he's the Cy Young front runner. He has to be. Yeah, he has to be. <laughs> okay, Homer aside, though, do you actually believe that? Like Homerism aside, like yes. looking at the numbers, he he should be the front runner, right? Between where Absolutely. we are, in the, between where we are in the standings right now first and one of the best teams in the league he's two wins ahead of everyone else his era is well good enough to be it's not like he's 20 and 3 with a four era you know he's 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 right there for that it you know it all it all kind of makes sense his walk his strikeout to walk ratio he has so few walks he's so good 161 strikeouts 29 walks which is unreal his command's been so good everything put together like that just how consistent, how many innings he throws every single outing. Well, what more could you want for a Cy Young candidate? He, like, is exactly what you want. A, a million times, yes. Like, I don't <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, why he's not in more of a Cy Young conversation and why, like, I, I just don't get it. Like, why aren't more people talking about Rick Porcello? Um, I don't know. And that's a good question too, Lauren, because first person to 20 wins, I think the ERA has something to do with it because I think overall Chris Sale has done really well as well. But I th- I, I'm a huge advocate of you need to be doing it for a team that actually is playing meaningful games. Um, and that's exactly why I think even though Mike Trout is the best player in the league, I don't think there's a question for that. He shouldn't be the MVP. Mookie Betts should be the MVP or someone like that who's playing meaningful games, not someone who's just chugging along and, counting down the days so they can hit the golf course. Exactly. Playing in a good team makes such a big difference, and all of Porcello's games are such important starts. And it's, yeah, it's like no one's giving him credit for what he's doing. They're just, like, overlooking him. But, like, there's not, like, one outstanding pitcher. You know, Cole Hamill's 14-5 and with a 324 ERA, but 
you can't really give it to him when he has 14 wins and his ERA is higher than Porcello's. Like, you know, there's you know, there are like 10 guys who have more strikeouts than Porcello, but some of them are people like Chris Archer and, you know, Chris Sale and Michael Pineda and guys who are on crappy teams. And, you know, a batting average against Porcello is seventh right now with a 232 opponent against average. That's really good, too. You know, like I said, the walks are super low. And, you know, he's he's just doing it. He, he, the fact that he is that high in strikeouts, 10th, 11th, and he's not even a strikeout pitcher, he's a ground-out pitcher, like what more could you ask from the guy? No, you, you can't ask for much more. I think that, um, especially now, I think where he's going to pitch, I think he's going to continue to do this all the way through. And if the team wins the division, um, I don't think there's a question in my mind because he's the reason why. Or a big oh yeah! If you win the division, if he get if he gets twenty three plus wins, how the heck can you not give it to him? Dude, I think if he gets even one more win and they win the division, they're fine. Because yeah, if he has some no decisions and they win those games, but he pitches well and he gets twenty one wins on the year, I can't imagine them turning that down for a Cy Young year. It's going to be interesting to see like how they go about this. Just I know, like Jeff said, his ERA isn't you know it's not really low, but it's not extremely high either, and it's, you know it's over three yes but you you can't look past those 20 wins that he has on september 12th and he's ninth in the al in the ra even and he's undefeated at top home. 10 <laughs> yeah it's it's just and yeah and, and i think the undefeated at home has some what will weigh heavily too as well if it was really close i think if you don't lose or maybe lose one game at home that's insane <laughs> but you don't have any home games left to lose so um, that record's looking nice as of right now. So um, sure we'll is. see kind of how that goes. I, I, I hope he wins. You could have multiple um, award winners on this team with batting title, <laughs> Cy Young in play, MVP in play with Mookie. Um, so we you want could, all three of those. You could oh. sweep it, who knows, depending on how Pedroia hits the rest of the way. Um, but two out of three wouldn't be bad, that's for sure. Um, coming from uh. last place to have two out of three of those awards on your team, not a terrible sign. Um, but... All your Red Sox news, of course, this week was brought to you by, by Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients in building a community of home chefs. Impact on the community, of course, is Blue Apron has established partnerships with 150 local farms and more fisheries and ranchers across the United States. As a result, all your beef is raised humanely, seafood is sourced sustainably, Chickens are free-range, and pork is raised naturally. Um, of course, that has a huge impact on households as well. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. I know Jess cooks like every night with Blue Apron. <laughs> um, those who spend a lot eating out or high-energy or high grocery chains um you can spend now ten dollars or less uh for a meal um and it's and it's a lot fresher it's a lot cleaner the three of us use it we love it um and i know those two can't get enough of everything they get um uh, when they use blue apron it's fun too because like they if you if you stay with them long enough then they start giving you free meals to send to people so you can get other people involved give them some free food it's like they, they don't they know what they're doing good business yeah model. it's a lot I've sent a few meals to some friends and family, and they're just like, this is the coolest thing ever. 
it's a great business yeah. model. It really is, and they they do it a is. great jo- they do a great job. Um, of course, they, you get variety. It's flexible, um, and of course, it's easy. Which every meal comes with a nice step by step directions of how to cook. Um, so all you got to do is follow the directions, and you'll be a master chef, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so what you can do, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. With free shipping, of course, by going to blueapron.com slash redsoxbeat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash redsoxbeat. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Um, obviously, a lot going on in the Red Sox world. Did, did do our best every week to catch up on it. But kind of want to go around the league, guys, in, in terms of I know Jess wanted to do this. in terms, But what I kind of interpret that as is, a lot of a lot of these games matter. Um, if you look at the AL wild card, at least guys, let's see here. The Kansas City Royals it's super close. Kansas City Royals are four games out, and they are one, two, three, four, five teams down on that chart. There's five teams between the Royals and the second wild card, who is Baltimore right now, and they're only four games out. Um, above them, you have Seattle, who's still in it with three games out. Houston's three games out. The Yankees are two games out of that last wild card spot. And the Tigers are one. Baltimore has it. And, of course, Toronto has the other wild card spot. Um, Yankees are only, what, four games out of the division? Um, <laughs> don't know where the Yankees came from, but as soon as they got younger and traded, got rid of A-Rod, much better. Um, all these games matter. And looking at the American League, guys, it's going to come down to that last weekend. I think our division is going to come down to the last week. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Like, every, like you said, every game matters, and it's, crazy how close like ev- the division is it's i don't i don't think i've ever been so excited about division games or really any baseball games that weren't red Sox in a long time yeah the other two al divisions are pretty much over cleveland's got the central texas got the west but the east is going to go right down to the end and like you said jared the wild card holy crap and all those teams who aren't going to win their division which is you know every other team is not in the al east is all they're all fighting for that spot and you know, Seattle's won five in a row. They're making a push. Um, Houston's been hanging around, you know, seven over 500. Kansas City wants to get back in the playoffs to go back into the uh, get back into the playoffs and do their, do their playoff magic stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, I, the Yankees, I don't want to give the Yankees credit, but the Yankees are probably the most impressive to me because everyone said they were out. They weren't playing. They had that whole A-Rod fiasco. And Joe Girardi's like, we're trying to win games. We're trying to get a playoff spot. We're trying to play our best players. And everyone's like, ah, what a loser. What are you talking about? They're two games out of the wild card spot. That's, that's absurd. It's really impressive how well they've done. And you hate to say that as a Red Sox fan. But I like, do. I really hate it. <laughs> looking into the Yankees' picture, it's it's crazy what they've done. Um, and you're, you're right, though, to Jess in terms of, and Lauren, in terms of the divisions. Like, the AL East has three teams in the playoffs right now, if you if it finished today. Um, yep. And, and everyone else is like, let me in. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone's talking like, nope. AL East has gotten back to, a, 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 not say a powerhouse division, but in the American League, like, kinda is, <laughs> it kind of is. Like, with the offenses that everyone has, obviously there's no story behind Boston, Toronto, and Baltimore who have great offenses, and Toronto, Baltimore can hit the crap out of the ball over the fence. Um, there, this We have three teams in the division. In the playoffs, Red Sox, of course, are in first place as of now. Um, do you guys think it stays this way? Or who gets in the wild card? Who, who are the wild card teams going to the playoffs? Oof. Mm. I don't know. It's so tough just because it's so close right now. Where it could really go in so many ways. I mean, even the Yankees are making a push for it. I think the Yankees get in. 
That wouldn't surprise me with how well they're playing. I mean, I hope I hope we stop that this weekend, but they're they've been playing pretty well. I'm not too high in Detroit. They're just kind of sticking around. They're they're still eleven over. They're still a good team, but they don't seem to they haven't made like that 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 really good push. They're five and five in the last ten. It's like what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, Bal- maybe Baltimore gets left out. They've played so well the whole season, but they're they're not a good road team, and they only have a 25-run differential in the positives, so their pitching's kind of suspect. We creamed the heck out of them tonight. You know, so maybe not them. And Seattle's making a push. They've won five straight games. And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle and New York decided to overtake Toronto and, I mean, Baltimore and Detroit and possibly jump them in the standings and maybe one of them get into the playoffs, leave Baltimore out. It's going to be exciting. I don't know, it's tough to, tough to tell what's happening. Everyone's kind of right there. Is there any way the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs? Well, they're three and seven in their last ten. Maybe not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's possible. Probably unlikely, but, you know, they might get knocked out. What if the Yankees and the Mariners overtake Toronto and Baltimore and we're the only ones in the division who make the playoffs? That'd be crazy. You guys, I'm assuming, are all pick. You guys are both picking the Red Sox to win the division. Feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a terrible choice at this point through the year. But, I, I, of course, me being me, I don't think they're winning the division. Oh, Jesus, come on. Duh. Um, <laughs> I, I think the Blue Jays... Kind of scoop right back up there and uh, and the win the division. Red Sox are going to host a wild card game. They'll win the wild card game, but I just I uh, I don't think who pitches, win it. who pitches that wild card game? David Price. Oh come on, no, Porcello. no question. David Price pitches that game. Why not Porcello? No way. Because David Price is your ace. Oh, are you getting are you getting uh, jaded by these last couple starts? Last couple, it's been like eight or nine quality starts in a row. He's back. Cool. He's fine. Rick Porcello is twenty and three, my friend. That's true, but I'm not <laughs> saying he hasn't a bad season. But you got to go with the guy who's done it David all year Price long. Price is your ace. Nope, Rick Porcello is yep. your ace. Okay, National League, real quick, because that conversation will go nowhere. I promise you that. <laughs> you <laughs> um, said Porcello a couple weeks ago. I don't know what happened to you. Yeah, I, like, changed I went back to where I should have been in the first place. Um, you shouldn't have been. National I know Cubs, Nationals, too, so. Cubs, and Dodgers. Like, are winning the division out there? Divisions out there, right now. The Giants and the Mets are your wild card teams. Uh, Giants have a two game cushion on that home spot to play that wild card game. Um, the Mets are only a half game up in the wild card second spot over St. Louis, um, and then after that, it's kind of meh because the Marlins are the next closest team with five games out. Pirates are six games out. Where did the Pirates go this year, guys? Like, yeah, what happened to them? Wow. Like they, they got sick of losing in the wild card game, so they said, "Screw it, and I'm going to bother." <laughs> like, you're not even going to make that game. Screw that, that game. Um, what do you got? I mean, this is pretty almost set in stone for the most part. Um, what happens with this wild card? Does it say Giants Mets or do the Cardinals sneak in? I'm going. I don't think the Cardinals are going to sneak in. You know, it's even year. You got to got to think the Giants, but. I mean, it's it's pretty close in this division too. Like it's it's all just really exciting baseball. But uh, I don't know. It's between. Eh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think the Cardinals are going to try to get in there. Well, they're going to try, but I don't think they're going to. They're going to try hard. They're going to keep. Trying, <laughs> but. I think the Cardinals are going to slip slip in there. They know how to win important games. They have so much success in the playoffs. The Mets had their fun last year. They haven't been that great this year. Only a half game up. I think the Cardinals slip in. They're also 53 higher run differential than the Mets, which is significant. 
Uh, the weird thing with the Cardinals is they're 32 and 40 at home and 43 and 28 in the road. They're the best road team in the league, but they're terrible at home, which is very strange, but could come in handy in the playoffs if they get there. I think they jumped the Mets. I think the Mets get left out. I think the Mets and the Royals both get left out and neither, neither World Series teams in there. I wouldn't That'd hate to see the Royals crazy. miss the playoffs. Of course, Mr. Boring. Nope, they're Mr. Boring. Um, yeah, you're calling them Mr. Boring. <laughs> the NL West is still up for grabs. Um, Giants are only three and a half games out of the Do- out of the Dodgers. Um, do they have time to get to them? Definitely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, with well, the they, I don't know, but they have time. <laughs> yeah. That's a, they have they have the games to do it, but will they? Meh. I don't think they will. I think they're going to be the wild card team. They'll win the wild card game, whoever they play. The Giants are going to win the wild card game. It's just a matter of who they play, um, because they'll be at home, probably throw Baumgartner, and don't sleep on those Cardinals, huh? No, they're, they're no. The, best road the, team in the league, dude. You're the one who picked the Giants to win the World <laughs> Series. Why? You... Okay, I know, I know, but don't sleep on the Cardinals. It's the even year, man. I don't have to. I don't have to sleep. I don't have to go with that. I can sleep on the Cardinals, and you know, don't that forty-three and twenty-eight road record's good. Don't overlook that. It, I'm not overlooking that, but I'm just telling Speaking you. Speaking of road records, actually, the Red Sox have the best American League road record, which is awesome. So I throw yeah. that in there. It's probably why they're winning the division. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Especially with the end, of this this whole like death trap of August that we claimed in September, they did they handled it pretty well. Yep, you said it was a recipe for collapse, and they did the exact opposite. But cool. it was though. I was right at the time. It was set oh. up for failure. But, but they also, they proved me yeah. wrong, which is fine. Um, it's about that time. It's time to get out of here. So what we're gonna do? Make the predictions for the week, like we always do, and then uh, I'll bid you fa- a fair ado for the week. Um, three against the Orioles. Obviously, we already had one of those games, and then well, we four made predictions before that happened. So yep. And then we had four against the Yankees. So Jess, my I'll good know. friend, my good pal. How do you have them doing against the Orioles? I know they won tonight, but how did you have them come doing against the Orioles for the whole series? Yeah, I had winning two out of three. Um, could definitely see a sweep considering our three best pitchers are going, but they did the Orioles, and they are fighting for a playoff spot too, so I think two out of three makes sense. Could definitely see a sweep, but especially after winning tonight, definitely not losing two out of three. I'm feeling pretty good about two out of three. Lauren? Yeah. I'm going pretty optimistic this week and going sweep in the O's, um, especially after tonight's win. I think, I mean, I know we kind of saw it against the Blue Jays where they had a big win and the next game they just really couldn't score many runs, but I don't think we're going to see that this time. They're home and they know the division's on the line, so I, I'm going for a sweep. Love it. Um, I'm going two out of three from the Orioles as well. Um, I think that their offense is just really good in terms of they'll, they'll hit the ball out of the park when they give them the chance to. Um, and they're a team who is still fighting for something. So I think they're not going to just lay down and die for you. So um, just that being said, in the way they can hit the ball, um, I think their offense just overcomes you for one of these nights. So um, I have them winning two out of three as well. Um, and then you got a big four-game set here against the Yanks. Yanks, we just talked about a team pushing to make the playoffs still after everything that's happened earlier in the year. Trade off some veteran pieces. You still have some vets there as well as the young guys. It's a good mix. They're winning some games. That being said, Jess, what do you got going on with the Yankee series? Yeah, I'm going a little down here, which is strange for me. I'm picking a four-game split, two and two. Uh, pretty much the only reason I'm saying this is because the Yankees won seven in a row this past week. 
so they're definitely hot right now. Um, definitely like that we're home. Could definitely see three out of four. A sweep would be amazing. But for some reason, I'm just feeling like, a, you know, the Yankees, strange things happen with them sometimes. So I'm going to go split four and three week. Happy to be wrong about it. Um, yeah, I hope you're wrong about it, too, because I'm going there, going to win three out of four from the Yankees, and I just see this team just kind of rolling through the, this homestand, and I think it's good, good like, same thing that I just said, they're, they're home, they're, they know this division's on the line, they want to keep the Yankees out of it, and they want to keep Baltimore out of it, so I'm going three, at, three out of four for a nice six and one week. For once, Jess, you are going to be the one who picks the worst week out of all of us. Has that ever happened before? <laughs> I, I, I don't have the history of the three of us being together. But yeah, I, I do I do have them winning three out of four against the Yanks as well. I think you're playing really good baseball. The Yanks are playing well, but I just think that you are obviously an overall better team and you're supposed to win these kinds of games. So that being said, I have them going five and two this week. Um, not quite Lauren, but not also as bad as Jess. Jess, Mr. Pessimistic, what do you got? What are you doing? I know, and all I've done this entire show is talk about how good we are. <laughs> and then go, yeah, but they're going to lose, though. Um, no, but not reality. They're going 7-0. We all know that. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if I, you hope you're wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, 7-0. Give it to me every every day of the week. <laughs> they burned me when I picked them to go 6-0 that week, and they went 4-2. I was like, come on. Now you're going to think negative to do ever do that again because of that one week. Um, but there you go. There are the predictions. Jess has them going 4-3. Boo you, Jess. Uh, Lauren has them going 4 Six and one. Hope you're right. Wow. Uh, and I have them going five and two. Um, and then, of course, from there, we see and we see how things go. Hopefully, Benintendi comes back soon, if not this week. Um, that's what the reports are saying. It's what John Farrell is saying. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on. Um, and that's your show for the week. And, of course, it was brought to you by Blue Apron and Seed Geek. Uh, don't forget to go to blueapron.com backslash Red Sox Beat to get your first three meals for free with free shipping and check out the menu as well. Also, don't forget to use the promo code RSB for your first ticket purchase on the SeatGeek app. Um, get a nice $20 ticket rebate on your first ticket purchase. Uh, Patriots are here. Red Sox are still going strong. So uh, get your tickets to everything in the area or wherever you're listening to. Um, it's a great thing uh, and it's a great service as well. Um, don't forget, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast iTunes, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. You're there. You're listening to it. We love it. Keep sharing and promoting us. Um, Jess, anything major on the written coverage coming up that I should know about? Um, not yet, but I'm pretty excited to uh, hopefully have playoff recaps because that hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't happened under you. That's for sure. Nope. So that's very it's exciting. Fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to assigning uh, playoff recaps. That's going to be a blast. In fact, you just got me really excited about it. I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I'm looking excited about that now because last year, obviously, we didn't have any. And this year, it's like, oh, this could be really fun. It's going to be fun re- assigning those and figuring out who's going to do what game. And I know I'm going to be recapping a lot more games. So I'm going to love that. And I want these recaps to be good. So everyone better be on board for that. You're going to be so happy when the schedule comes out for a series and go, yes, I have the games, the seven game schedule. Guys, TBA, if, if there's a game seven, who's got it? Who's doing it? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. You're gonna, you guys are gonna be off the wall excited for when that schedule comes out. Um, but that's it for now. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, right here on CLNS Radio. Until then, for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scalley. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio.